0: Welcome to the potty, bong bong, it's your man Claytron, aka the big boss man, aka the clumsy jeweler, cause I'm always dropping gym, aka the, uh, the milkman, cause I always deliver, aka the, the PhD of podcasting. Happy hump day, you, you, freaks! It's uh, it's the middle of the week. We made it, we made it. We're getting over the hump. You guys are probably uh, driving to work from work, sitting in your cubicle, in your corner office there. If you, if you big money, you know, uh, and uh, just taking care of business in general, uh, cash and checks, snapping necks and cash and checks, as I like to say. Uh, I gotta tell you guys though, it's the holiday season coming up—Christmas, um, all that—and um, I gotta tell you, you gotta drive safe, man. Drive slow, homie, because I was driving home today and I almost got hit by a car because they didn't stop at a give way or a yield sign. And you gotta stop at that shit, man. Gotta stop at that shit. It's not worth it. Whatever you're late to, it's not worth it. Whatever bitch you're trying to to impress by putting the pedal to the metal, it's not worth it. It's not worth it, B. You almost almost ended the most charitable podcast, man. You want me to keep podcasting, you got to fucking drive slow, bro. Fix it up. Sing. Sing while you drive. It'll calm you down. It'll make you smile. All this road rage and shit. Calm the fuck down. Anyway. Um, I, 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 didn't really get into the news too much this week. I've been busy with work, you know, work's come back, but I'll tell you what, I've watched a couple of movies here. Um, the first movie I watched, I've restarted the, what am I doing? What am I fucking doing right now? Money making Mitch. Take, take us to Clay's Reviews. Comedy, action or horror? Will this movie win an Oscar? Set design, directing, acting, lighting, or costumes. This segment is Clays reviews. Now, sorry about that, guys. I almost jumped the gun there without playing the theme song. But anyway, what I was trying to say was that I uh, I restarted the Marvel franchise from the start, Uh, and the first movie, the first movie in that franchise, is Iron Man, the comeback of Robert Downey Jr. from his little meltdown. Uh, no, he didn't make my top five meltdowns and that's good. I like, I like, uh, RDJ. Um, now Iron Man classic, uh, one of the, yeah. Well, one of the first in the, the Marvel dynasty, dynasty, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was the start to something great, which has not yet finished, I guess. So, um, you know, Tony Stark, He's a billionaire, playboy, uh, weapons manufacturer. That's where he gets his bread. And, um, I guess, uh, you know, people get hands on his weapons and he sees the damage that it's doing. And he, he wants to put a stop to it. And he becomes a superhero by developing this, this iron suit. It's not iron technically, but don't worry about it. And he, yeah, he gets in this suit and he fights crime and all this shit, all that good shit. And, um... He's a he's a witty sort of funny cocky dude, and I love it, man. And you've got Gwyneth Paltrow by his side. Her name's Pepper, Pepper uh, Potts, I think. And um, she, you know, she's his right hand lady. And um, yeah, man, you know, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you got to see it. Uh, if you don't, if you like super uh, superhero movies, but eight out of ten, like easy eight. Easy eight. And then the other movie we watched was called Good People. Now this movie was uh by, not by, it starred James Franco and Kate Hudson. Love both of them. Uh, I thought they were fine in it, but I thought the story was a bit far-fetched. And they put too much emphasis on a couple of um, plot points that I didn't, Think were that important um I don't want to give it away because I think it I do think it's worth a watch um I am struggling now to remember what I rated it I actually don't think I gave it a great score I've got written down here in my notes I'm just looking for my notes but um yeah I mean it was like the basic premise is um there's a lot of action at the start, right? Okay, I won't say I won't say what the action is, but there's a fair bit of action at the start, um, and then it slow it slows right down like fairly rapidly, and uh, James Franco and Kate Hudson find like their neighbor dies and they find all this money like two hundred thousand um, pounds in this dude's apartment and they fucking keep it because they they're going through financial troubles, right? And that's where the rest of their troubles start, right? And they they they're generally good people until this time and it just it just gets a little bit too out of control and their their competency in you know handling different torture techniques and um their their self-defense and shit it just was a bit much, man. It just was a bit much. I I don't hate it, and ju- but but judging by my notes here, I gave it a five point five out of ten. This was on Netflix. Uh, Iron Man was on Stan, and you know I recommend them both. As I said on the the last Hump Day episode, um, we've been watching The Staircase in this house, which is a perfect segue to my guest today, uh, Mister James Caldercot. He is a, def- a criminal defense lawyer, which is a job that um, the layman will say, like, how could anybody do this? They're, you know, money hungry bloodsuckers and all this. This is not what I think. This is what I've heard, you know? I I mean, every job's got to be done. And especially after this conversation with James, I definitely respect the ethos of the job, the morality of the job, the morality of the man himself, James Caldicott. And... Uh, A lot of good insight into that side of the law, um, and law law in general as well, and uh, how different aspects of human nature can come into play when we are talking about the law, and man, it's very, very interesting, and I hope you guys enjoy it, because I know I did. Okay, so you guys sit back, relax, and, and welcome my guest, Mr. James... Cards.
1: Yeah, nigga. Use a dead motherfucker now. As I look up at the sky, my mind starts dripping, a tear drops my eye, my body temperature falls. I'm shaking, and they're breaking, trying to save the dough. Pumping on my chest, and I'm screaming. I stop breathing, damn, I see demons. God, I want the king to save me? I can't die, my boo about to have my baby. I think it's too late for praying. Hold up, her voice spoke to me and it slowly started saying... Ah, i all my questions here. Nice. Lovely. Like I said, go
0: gentle. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I guess, before we start, you're a lawyer, which a lawyer. I'll, I'll, I'll say in the intro anyway, but, yep. um, you're... First, your motivation into becoming a lawyer, was that sparked by family, by money, by your moral compass?
1: Yeah, look, I'm fortunate in a position where obviously my dad's a lawyer, so obviously there was a lot of like family orientated being like, I was always kind of gravitating towards doing that type of work and all, yeah. but I've always found it interesting, I'm argumentative by nature to a degree, so like probably helps. Um, but particularly this area, the area I work in criminal law, I think very much that kind of moral compass help trying to help, help people in Mm. that sense, as opposed to big business. Right. Um, so I've always kind of, like I said, gravitated towards that.
0: Trying to, trying to help people in criminal law, um, on your, let's say your first meeting, if I, if I show up and (laughs)
1: Uh, you know, everyone which, which will never happen. No, 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 no. <laughs>
0: but right, you. It it would be hard for me to tell the person I trust most in the world, like say my mum, yeah. that I've done something wrong. Um. So why would I tell you? Do you expect that in the first meeting, or do you? Is it a trust building exercise to start? Or
1: yeah, absolutely. I think it absolutely it's a trust building exercise. But importantly, people will come speak to me knowing that I'm that objective observer. So it's like, I'm I'm that guy that you come to speak to where I'm not your mum and dad being, I can kind of offload being like, I'm in heaps of trouble. Like I need help, can you help me? So Judge, judgment free. Judgment free, yeah. absolutely. Um, what I tend to do particularly in the area I work in is, and very importantly for criminal matters generally, is it's not necessarily for the punter to prove anything. You know, it's a, obviously innocent until proven guilty. And so a lot of what I do is about um, making sure that they've got the necessary proof in regards to offenses. So when a punter comes and speaks to myself, it will be more about, um, look, I don't necessarily need to know what um, you say happened, but what is it about generally? You know, what what kind of has happened without you telling me your full details or instructions about kind of what's going on? right? Because it's not necessarily, I don't need to know necessarily what you say happened. I'm more interested at that stage about what they're saying you've done.
0: Right. So it's, is it a quest for truth or is it a quest for an approximation of truth that you're...
1: Well, for me, it's, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the police. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even the judge or the jury. My role is not to seek out the truth. My role is to represent or help the person who's sitting across from me, uh, give them the best possible representation they can have. Right. So there is obviously within reason, because I mean, beyond reasonable doubt is the realms I work in. So if Claiborne's in front of me telling me some really haphazard story that doesn't make sense, I probably was saying, well mate, that doesn't make sense and you probably need to try again. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is an element of me making sure that what I'm being told isn't complete rubbish.
0: Yeah, there, there's that, but there's also gotta be the the recollection that people have. Yep. Could be off. Uh certain biases and prejudices. Yep. Um and you you talked about reason and does does the law presume that human beings are reasonable?
1: Oh, I- Well, it does. Like, it doesn't, doesn't. I think, particularly for South Australia, we're in that fortunate position where we have a lot of discretion. Like, we've got it is a malleable beast that um, when a judge is sentencing people or when we're dealing with the law generally, it's not so hard and fast and black and white. Being that if you tick these boxes, you're going away to jail forever. It Mm -hmm. will always consider the myriad of um, issues that a person has, you know, they're. Background, the circumstances they found themselves in, what, you know, say for like certain fences, provocation and things of that nature, mm-hmm. that all take into account in determining the end result. Um, so I think taking that in mind, reasonable, there's so many factors that come into play. Yeah, And so the court acknowledges that, people acknowledge that. And, you know, we have a jury system, so we put a lot of faith in that 12 individuals off the street are going to be reasonable bring right. import their experiences from life in determining whether or not they b- believe what's kind of going on
0: yeah um i mean humans humans are funny in that we we aren't particularly reasonable um we i think we respond more to the fear of losing something than the um potential of gaining something mm. which is unreasonable because if you give me, say, uh, you know, five bananas and you take one away from me, I'm going to mm-hmm. be like a little bit mad, right? Yeah. But if you give me, if you just give me four bananas, like I'm not going to react super happy. I'm just going to be like, oh, that's four bananas. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be like, where's the fifth one? I'm just going to be like, okay, that's four. Sure. So my reaction is with the same result, depending on how I get there, is going to be different because I am unreasonable. Sure. Which is in su- in the whole something else is as a lawyer, your job is to reason with the judge and develop a narrative, a more um appealing narrative to the judge and the jury, particularly the jury, mm-hmm. than your competition. Yep. Right? True. So is there there's gotta be ego involved in the, the theatre of um law, right? Like yeah. it's yep. competitive and um, I mean, it's a performance.
1: Sure. Like, it's, it's definitely... Look, I think sport's probably the wrong word to use, but it is a very much a, um, an arena where you've got two competing um, people trying to buy for the end result. Mm-hmm. Um, what needs to be reminded is that, particular again, in my field, prosecution, realistically or fundamentally, are not there trying to you know, sink the boot in or say that that person's guilty, they should go to the jail forever and a day. Their job is to simply present all the evidence to the court and say over to you, here's all the material, I say that person's guilty, it's a matter for the court. If for whatever reason, their evidence can't prove it, then it's incumbent upon them to recognize that and not prosecute or dismiss the case. Yeah. So... But again, when we're talking about human beings and ego, there very much is a case of, well, putting that aside, you want to win. Yeah, You always want to win, you want to do your best. And I think, um, particularly for a defense lawyer, you've got your individual who's usually going to be either a minority or a person who's had struggle or a person who can't necessarily do, um, represent themselves to the best that they could or speak in a way such to get their point across. And that's why we have defense lawyers. Yeah. And so they've put so much trust and so much emphasis on you to do a good job for them that you want to. Yeah. And then you turn to yourself and you no one likes losing. No one wants to go into court and then be battered about and then end up losing their case. Yeah. It happens.
0: It's got to be, you know, obviously there's some sympathy for whoever you're defending and there's also that just that sen- that intrinsic sense of satisfaction which hasn't been met yep. and you've you have lost yep. um so in terms of sport or competition it is
1: it is there um but i guess in yeah. ter- and in so- like in saying that as well it is a lot of there is a lot of fun <clears throat> like there is an element of fun in doing what we do and it's not necessarily saying um oh, yes, you know, people go to jail and it is is very serious and it can be really stressful and really harrowing. Um, But even just uh, legal arguments on very minor points, you know, you've got a prosecutor who's putting forth some legal argument on some, you know, um, very technical basis and then you're trying to defend your position by putting your own argument. Mm -hmm. And so having this sort of tennis match back and forth and then ultimately having a judge side with your position obviously that's gratifying yeah. obviously you're going to be in a position where that feels good and so there is a underlying or inherent ego boost in particularly what we do yeah um, but also i think what i find most gratifying out of everything is the recognition you get from your clients yeah it being able being able to actually help them when they haven't been able to you know necessarily help themselves
0: yeah and those those arguments that you
1: have like the prosecutors obviously you know
0: very justice focused. What is just, what is fair? What is the law? And they, they focus, I guess I'm guessing I'm not, I'm not in there, but like on semantics and what, what it's, what it says is what it means. Mm-hmm. Whereas you go in and you're sort of, you're defending human rights, which could get lost in the law Yep. at times. Absolutely. Um, so when you're, you know, looking for. It no okay. Is that an exercise that you have to you have to do in your office when you're researching? You're looking for loopholes for, um, you know. Bent truths and other things like that to, to win over and uh, to win an argument or to um. You know, find a case study.
1: Sure. Well, I really oh, so really good example. So generally speaking. Coming back to you know truth finding, right? Mm-hmm. My role is, and I've got a lot of police friends. I'm sure, like you do, got a lot of mates who are cops. Mm-hmm. Um, and I obviously, much like general public, will often get you know, how can you do what you do? How can you be a criminal defense lawyer? Yeah. How can you defend these types of people?
0: And I'm sure you say, how can you not? Yeah, these yeah. people, these are people that are meeting with you in probably the lowest point in their life that need help.
1: Absolutely. Um, and so. Uh, a lot of these friends who I talk to I say look it's not for me to prove anything mm-hmm. you know it's, if a person charges Claiborne with an offence I think it's incumbent upon that person who's accusing you of doing something to be able to prove it beyond reasonable doubt mm-hmm. to prove without a shadow of a doubt that Claiborne has done what you say you've done right and so when it comes to loophole, like finding things my job's more about well have they been able to satisfy me of that Have they been able to prove beyond a doubt that that person is guilty of what they've been charged with? And so I'll go out of my way to make sure that either the evidence does stack up Mm -hmm. or if there are deficiencies in that case, highlighting that with vigor. I'll be saying, you can't prove that. And these are the reasons why. Because you haven't done your job properly, because you haven't got this piece of evidence and get out of here.
0: So when you talk evidence, it's something tangible, something
1: yeah. that
0: is, you're not able to argue. Is that, what what is the definition of evidence? Because sure. you, you're not able to say, you know, Claiborne McMath cheated on his wife, therefore his morality is such that he he would kill a person.
1: Yeah, so you definitely can't do that. Right. That's a big no-no. Yeah. So propensity evidence, even that's not even propensity evidence, but you can't say necessarily, and it's a very neat point of law, that because someone has belted someone before, they're likely to belt someone again. Yeah. Um, That's called propensity evidence. There's specific laws against trying to use that.
0: What about... So is that something that if you said that, like, oh, I, I object, you know? Yeah. So... But knowing that you're not allowed to do that, is that a strategy that you can use to put it, just put it into the jury's head oh, so they know that? I know they're supposed to forget it. I object means that never happened, but the thing is that it did happen. Yeah. And so we the, are
1: all humans. So when we're talking about the theater, the theater of law and particularly trial advocacy, mm. so when, you know, a few good men, Tom Cruise and, like, you can't handle the truth stuff, yes. so that's, that's your trial. That's your full-blown going for guts. That type of thing does occur, it's frowned upon you shouldn't be questioning it's a bit like if a there's a victim of a sexual offense to bring into account their prior sexual history is a big no-no mm-hmm. uh, not allowed to do it um what are the repercussions do you can you get suspended or anything like that uh, yeah, yeah there's a whole bunch of like legal practitioner okay. issues that can take place yeah um like for in that example if it's real serious and it's before a jury the jury could be discharged, you could start the whole trial again. Right, like, okay so there are a lot of rules and regulations when it comes to what you can and can't do yeah. in the law. But like if we're talking about what is evidence, like what like what can be used in say a case against someone. Mm-hmm. Um, say for example of an assault, pub assault, it would be a case of, well, we've got some photos of a victim, had that, you know, face I got some cuts. So it'd be a photo of their face, you know, some officers probably taken that. So that officer would come along and say, here's some photos I've got, these are the photos, that's the victim. Yeah. The victim would come along and say, this is what happened on the night. You would have some uh, eyewitnesses who say, this is what I saw, this is what I did. So the material that I get before that happens, before that happens in court where these people come and give evidence on the stand, that will all be reduced to writing. Yep. so I'll have statements affidavits statements from these people saying this is what I would say if I came to court right so um, oh okay yep. so I'm Clavering. I've seen an assault take place I've been interviewed by police I said that on this night at the Mosley I saw ABCD yep. so I would have that in front of me and so I'm going through it, and I go well hang on a minute the, one of the first things Claiborne's talking about is how much he's had to drink right so already I'm thinking about well how lucid Was he when all this was taking place? Next, he's saying this happened towards the end of the night, right? With the lights on, with the lights off. Um, So I just slowly go through these statements to figure out what's my area of inquiry. Yeah. You know, because these people are saying that someone's committed a serious offense. I want to make sure that, you know, what they're saying is one, the truth, or that their recollection is good, or that they're not necessarily, and it's not a case of being dishonest. Or being untruthful yeah it's more a case of um, could they be mistaken yeah have they actually seen what they say they saw
0: and are these questions that you you think of on the spot or um, are these you know you take the statement you go and you read and you say oh I've got a question here here and here and then you give them a call get, get them to come back in or you just talk to them over the phone and get more information yeah or so, a combination I guess
1: so these these witnesses will be prosecution witnesses. Yep. So these are the witnesses that the state and the government will use mm-hmm. to support their case that beyond reasonable doubt, someone's committed an offense. So I'll get given a bundle of, of the evidence against my client that I'll go through and I'll formulate what our case is. So I'll know what my punter says, what he says or she says has happened. Um, and so I'm using that as my template to look at all the stuff and go, could these people be wrong? And and if they are wrong, what's my areas of inquiry? Then usually what happens is there might be a discussion I have with the prosecutor about um, not necessarily disclosing, you know, I want to keep some cards close to my chest. But I might say, um, oh, Joe Bloggs said something interesting in his statement about, you know, whatever, um, you know, he sent a message to someone about something. I don't have those messages. I want them. Because in them, there might be something that might be relevant. Okay. Or um, he says that someone else was present. Well, have you got a statement from that guy? Um, because I want to know what he says. Yeah. Like things like this. He was in a bar. Have you got any CCTV footage? There would be CCTV footage. If there's not, why isn't there? Yeah. So I start making inquiries of the prosecutor about what they have or haven't got to determine how airtight that case is.
0: Mm-hmm. How um, how How often... If often at all, or has it happened that you've you've seen, or well maybe not seen it being tampered with, but it's been obvious that something has happened intentionally to evidence, like CCTV footage missing when, like it's just not a thing that happens. It doesn't go
1: missing. Sure. So to say, purposefully. Mm-hmm. So what I say, I want to start with is people make mistakes, yep. and people made many mistakes. They're human, and a lot of um, like prosecutors, police prosecutors, and the like, public servants, and so they're dealing with a lot of work. So there may be cases where um, statements or things haven't been disclosed, um, and it's an oversight. It just accidental didn't happen, or that material be provided last minute, um, which shouldn't have happened, right? But these things can be explained away, and usually there are remedies you know, either more time or things that can be done to um, deal with that error. There has been very rare cases where um, I've seen either police or prosecution, you know, I won't say purposefully, um, not disclose something or try and not use something because they know it would hinder their case. How about
0: when you interact with them and say... I haven't got these text messages I've been told about. Mm. Can I have them? Have, have, does, do they ever withhold that? Or is that is, that, is it legal to withhold that?
1: Uh, yes and no. Like, yes and no. And it's, this is great. So it's like prosecution is their case, what yeah. they choose to disclose, right? Okay. They should choose um, and they will disclose what is relevant to the matter. And this is coming right back to, they are not there to get your client. They're just there to present the truth. Right. So their obligation to the court—they take an oath. Their obligation is to the court um, of law, right? So they're there to provide um, all the evidence that supports their case. Yeah. Right. So if they're withholding material, they will say it's not relevant right. to prove their case. Right. It's not what they deem it to be relevant. Correct. Yeah. And so if I go, well, I want something because I deem it relevant. because I think it may be relevant, then usually they would be obligated to provide that, right? Because they are there to produce the evidence whether or not it's harmful to their case or otherwise. So um, where it gets real bad is where there is material that they have that's harmful to their case and they choose not to disclose that. Right. um, Because they've got those obligations to justice um, and so to not do that is a big no-no. Yeah. And again, repercussions of that. Well, if that comes out, um, then the whole matter could be dismissed. Um, It could be stayed, which means they can't prosecute.
0: What's a dismissal? It's just we're not doing this. As in the
1: court says that is um, so inherently bad, an abusive process, that the prosecution of this matter can't go forward. No retrial? Dismissal is just done? Gone. Um, But that, like we're talking extreme. Yeah. Absolute extreme. There will be cases where they try to remedy it remedy it where they'll provide an a retrial they'll disclose that, make sure that material is disclosed so they'll give you everything you want um, and then they'll go for round two and hopefully with different prosecutors.
0: Right, so I guess that's uh, being blinded by ego a little bit mm-hmm. um, like I just want to win regardless of um, the judicial process I know that this is wrong what I'm about to do I'm not going to give this yep. to um, James so um, because I wanna win,
1: yep. basically. There's been there's been cases that where um you'd count or you'd say have been successful, where say some charges are what's called a hung jury. So if a jury can't come to a majority or a unanimous verdict, it's called a hung jury. Mm-hmm. It means they no decision's been made. So, so does that mean a retrial? 11, 11 out of twelve is that hung? So you have twelve jurors? Yeah. So unanimous is obviously, everyone's got to agree. Um, In our uh, court system here in South Australia um, for, say for a district court trial, um, they are to deliberate uh, for a minimum of four hours um, unless they can come back with a unanimous verdict, Mm -hmm. right? So they all have to agree. If they can't all agree, then then they have to keep deliberating, like deciding what they're going to do. uh, until that four hours pass once that four hours pass then it's a majority so the majority verdict being 10 or more uh, jurors coming to a decision All right yeah and so we've had cases where um, on certain counts so counts being charges um, where they've acquitted on say you know, three or four out of say six yeah um, and, but been hung on two yeah and the jury's sorry, the prosecution's decision to keep going with the other two counts, um, we would argue, is being blinded by ego. Yep. To agree. Being, okay. being being blinded in the sense of um, we would say, well, clearly the jury's got some issues with those two, but if you look at it all together, how could you like proceed on the remaining two? Um, in light of how you came to the decision of the rest. Yeah. So say if it was like a he said, she said case. Yeah. It's clearly you have an issue with the person's credibility. Right. And so, maybe
0: the, at that point, you're looking at human error. Yeah. Um, the, the jury might not be one's own peers.
1: Yep. Um,
0: so it's, yeah, I, there's so many and there's, factors.
1: I, I think for me, my issue there, I get a little bit... Um, jaded by it in the sense of like you're putting a defendant, so a person, you're putting a person, one of your community members through another trial, like a whole nother ordeal, Um, both financial, like obviously it costs money, Mm -hmm. um, but also the stress, time, um, anxiety associated with running a trial happens all over again. Mm -hmm. And so um, there is a lot of responsibility on the prosecutor, uh, prosecution party, so the state, in whether or not to proceed right. with certain matters. It's mm. a case, I my belief is you better be sure. You better be absolutely 100% sure you want to do this um, before you take a prosecution.
0: Yeah. Um, before, I want to talk more about the jury, but before that, um, I just want to go back to the interactions you have with the prosecutor, because um, otherwise we'll get too far away, but yeah. Do you, are these interactions ever hostile? Is it is it a contest?
1: Is there any with like with it with everything? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, normally I think criminal law is a lot better than other areas of law. Okay. Um, it is confrontational, regardless. Like any area of law has an element of conflict. Um, that, but with criminal law, we all understand the jobs that we're doing, and so there is this kind of black humour. That's associated with the type of work that we're doing, so we usually all get along. Okay, but obviously there are certain individuals who take, um, you know, certain attitudes towards certain types of offenders, or there are people who um, view their position as you know benevolent, uh, think they're more than necessarily they are, mm. and so there is difficulty in negotiating having informal chats with some of these people. Yeah, but. On the whole, I'd say the majority, the majority of uh, police prosecutors and uh, solicitors through the police and the DPP and the Crown are generally really easy to go along with. Right.
0: And what about judges? Do you have, is there judges that you you see come up and you're you're like, oh, we've got fucking Judge Smith on this case. This is going to be a nightmare. Is there There any- is a Judge Smith as well.
1: So- <laughs> <laughs> no, um, look, uh... Yeah, yes and no. As in, uh, there, there's one thing that we uh, learn is that all judges um, are meant to be equal yeah. um, in the sense of the court they're sitting in, that there's meant to be parity. So um, the same result for all judges across the board for your set of circumstances. Right. So if Claiborne committed an offence, it should not matter which magistrate or judge or justice you appear before because the end result should in theory be the same. Right. The reality is that's not the case. Right.
0: That's uh, and that's um, people. That's human. That's,
1: yeah. yeah. And so there will be uh, magistrates and there will be certain judges that um, you know, and I'll be careful here, um, are more difficult than others on certain things. Right. So there will be some magistrates who take a very um, not black and white, but a, a certain view in respect to say drink driving offences. Right. Versus other magistrates there will be certain magistrates who hate violence or judges who hate violence but are better um, with drugs. Like it's Kent.
0: such a uh, crazy thing. Like you said earlier, the law is malleable and it's, it just doesn't seem like it should be but then it does. So like, if, if I, uh, God forbid, run over someone in my car mm. and they die So what's that, manslaughter? So
1: that would be death by dangerous driving or an aggravated due care. Okay. So say
0: it's because of my dangerous driving. Yep. Um, I could could get, you know, maximum penalty for that. Jail. Jail for however long. Years. Years. Um, And I was, you know... I don't know, I don't know how to say it. Um, but you know okay, so one judge one judge could be a little harsher or have certain opinions of of that kind of driving and you yep. know you're a pee plater yep. and you do it. I've got my full license so I don't get the same sentence as the guy that was
1: in yesterday that did the same thing. You could appear before a judge who had a cousin who died. Yeah. In a... And so is
0: the, but there's got to be some sort of background check for trauma. Like, if you've been raped and you become a judge, then it can be...
1: Look, the, the, the sort of is. The, re, the reality is they Judges, when they get appointed, magistrates, and they all take an oath not to be for impartiality yeah so meant to be impartial will not import will not import bias into dealing with the matter yeah so all those things won't take place in theory yeah um but there's also that that um discussion that you you probably
0: had in law school I think I did it in um philosophy was if a man robs a bank because he needs to feed his family versus a man robs a bank because he wants a drug fix Mm. Who are you going to give more time to? And you, you and, like, this, and this if, is the, this speaking is speaking like in law, you don't give anyone more time; they get the same
1: time. Yeah. But and this is this is real important. This is and this is what I was getting at. And it's kind of a double-edged sword in the respect of how malleable the law is. Mm. You, if we're talking about these two robbers, both equally guilty in respect to their robbing of this bank, what is so important about a judge's discretion? Or a magistrate's discretion, justice's discretion, is how they deal with that person, and that's so you've got the law and it says you know 25 to life, aggravated robbery, etc. Well, they are not the maximum because they're not the worst of the worst. Yeah, right. So we're looking at towards the bottom. You know, did they use a handgun? Did they use a shotgun? Was it how much money we talking? Did they harm anyone? Did um did they cause fear to anyone? All of this type of stuff comes into play. Um. But so do their personal circumstances. So does their mental oh. health. So does the family. So does what was their motivation? Um, you know, uh, was their prior history like? All of this stuff comes towards at the very end. Okay. Not in respect to proving their guilt. Um, that's the sentencing. Yeah, this is purely sentencing. Okay. So you will always be able to import um, elements of mitigation. So things that are relevant to the person to say, this is who I am sentence me accordingly. Right? right. Right. And so for something, say, your, you know, Pablo Escobar would be at the very top. Yes. Right? Hardcore drug dealer sent out a number of hits on people. People died, blah, blah, blah. I've all got of one at the
0: opposite end for you. Right. That you might have heard of. Right. Cintoya Brown. Yep. What the fuck was that? I don't know. So... I'm not going to repeat the story. I talked about it on um, yesterday's podcast, so listen to that. Um, that was just insanity. Yep. Obviously, the the story is a little bit. No one was there. There was no witnesses, so it's hard. Apparently, her story is that he he ducked down to get something from under the bed, and she had seen guns in the house already. She thought she was gonna he was gonna kill her. And he had already purchased her to have sex with, which she wasn't wanting. She was not yep. a willing participant. So she killed him. Yep. 16 years old and she and no prior history. She's got, you know, autism.
1: Really, really good. Um, and I'm not all about cross promotion on your podcast. Mm. But there's another podcast out of America... Um, can I say it? yeah? Yeah. So, so Serial, the most recent Serial podcast. Yeah. Um, definitely should listen to that deals with this this issue about these people who find themselves in these circumstances, which on the face, if you see, you know, black teen kills person, you're kind of like, oh, okay, yep, I've heard that before. Don't yeah. think? But when you go into the circumstances of um, these people, people and how they end up in those situations it's heartbreaking yeah
0: and Um, they are people which we we forget because we're so disconnected from
1: it and over there we're talking you know they have like rolling um cumulative sentences for like for manslaughter and murder so we don't have that here we do but it's way more nuanced over there it's like an accounting system yeah it's like well you did this you robbed x person then you shot this person you had a gun on you It's aggravated because it had bullets in the chamber. Uh, You also had some. uh, You had a J bag on you. You also have like prior history. So I'm going to give you, yeah, fifteen for that, ten for this, twenty five for that, ten for this, five for that, and all right. So you're looking at fifty years um, plus with uh, no parole, or you can cut a deal and we'll do say thirty five years and we might let you out. It's like it it just blows (laughs) my mind.
0: So I guess that's that's what. Um, would have happened to her maybe is she had a gun clearly had um, a round in the chamber because she she yeah. let it off
1: well it's a case it's a very much would have been if you I, I haven't seen it but when we're talking about information or charge sheets so in South Australia we call them information for major indictable offences if you look at that charge sheet over there they have this kind of rolling list of offences so if you got caught say Claiborne's got a gun yeah, right. There would be a case of well, Claiborne doesn't have a license, so that's an offense. Yeah, carrying firearm without license. It's a certain type of firearm. Well, that's an offense carrying that type of firearm. Um, has it got its serial number like scratched off or not? Don't know. There's another offense. Um, has he got a prohibition on firearms? Don't know. Is there drugs present? Well, if it is, then it makes it aggravated. Is right. there bullets around Like You know, and you so you've got a single event of Claiborne's got a gun. And suddenly you're facing ten charges, all off that one event. Right, five years apiece. Five years apiece, <laughs> and you just and you keep going. Right, like it, it blows my mind. Yeah. Their, their system is so not like ours. It's uh, flawed. Thank God. It's flawed. Um, but getting, like getting back to um, those elements. Like obviously the person's personal circumstances will always come into account, mm-hmm. determining how much whether you know what sentence that person gets. But it is, like I said, the double-edged blade of um, our justice system is, yes, it's malleable, so it means it can, you know, sentence individuals accordingly to their personal circumstances. But ultimately, you'll have judges, magistrates, and justices who also um, use their infinite wisdom in their own experiences in right. imparting that because and they're right. only the here.
0: Yeah, that's what, and that's what I said earlier, that the certain biases and prejudices that... that Every individual has, no matter who you are, no matter what oath you take. (laughs) It's there. It's sitting in you.
1: Funnily enough, one of the really good... um, And this is where I kind of think, and it's a completely different topic maybe for another time, but media um, need to have... will need to take account of what they put out into the public. Absolutely. Um, There was a a study done out of Tasmania that basically showed that if you had these case studies of these individuals who were charged with and found guilty of certain offences, what would you as the public, give that person, Mm -hmm. right? And because there's this big uproar being judges are too lenient, like judges are giving real soft options. Um, And out of this report, it found, well, if you gave those persons all the information about the facts of the matter, but also the facts personal to the individual, that they were ultimately giving sentences less than what the judges were. Right. Um, And it was this uh, really excellent study that was done done out of Tasmania, which just shows um, how accountable media need to be in uh, putting out the information, yeah. not have this full clickbait type. You know, one I remember was a uh, murderous driver trying to get her license back, um, and which, you know, read the headline, you're like, oh, sh- shit, I don't want someone who's going around and killing people with a vehicle to have their license. Yeah. If you read into it, uh, that happened 25 years ago, did time in jail, um, then has come out, is now working with disabil- uh, disabled kids, has been for the last 15 odd years, has been catching the bus, has now just applied to the court to say, can I get my license back with conditions? Um, which is appropriate. She was banned from driving for 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, and so this is the next step to being, you know getting on with her life. And that's the first headline. How
0: do... So does that mean that there's someone leaking stuff out from the court to well, the media like how does that happen
1: well everything's public so every you know you'll see um if Clavering and mcmath the murderer like pops up in court well that name's now with the media like they know so it'll be a case of well let's check the cause list let's check the court's um listings for the week oh claver's going to be on thursday all right we'll oh, rock up the court man. and see what's going on See, that's
0: they don't have any accountability. That's a that's the thing. They just they and especially and it's only gonna get worse. It's just um it is clickbait all the time. How we need more views. Paper A needs more views than paper B. We've gotta write some wild shit. Like that's mm. that's all it's gonna be and um I guess I don't wanna to get too deep into this. I haven't read up on it too much at this stage, but um I've I've even forgotten his name, but some, one of these priests, um...
1: Oh, recently, yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, Cardinal Pell? Yeah. Yeah, big one.
0: And they've just, just media blackout.
1: Yeah, so that, that, that's important. that's, um, important. So the suppression that the courts have put on that, being that it's not to be disclosed in the media within Australia, is to hold off on any potential, um, what's called tainting of, the public, yeah. in respect to if, say, for example, he was retried, that it would be so prejudicial to him to have it splashed out in the media that it may, by um, like the jury, da- yeah, damage any possibility of him ever having a fair trial before yeah. a jury, because no jury could ever hear it, because they've all just heard about how he's touched up whomever right. for X period of time. Okay, well, that
0: makes that actually makes much more sense to me.
1: Mm. Um, which is yeah. why, which is why you haven't heard much about it leading into it, yeah. or anything about the facts. Because I
0: just was thinking, oh, it's you know, it's the the Vatican at it again, and we'll just we'll just let him slide by. Oh, he got a demotion, or oh, but he but he can still mm. you know do what he's doing. Yeah.
1: Um. Not so. not quite. That's def one hundred percent the courts out of Victoria. Yeah. Have done that. Okay. Yeah. And so that's that's a whole another issue about whether or not that's appropriate. Yeah. Given you know, access to justice and. Um, being the public, are they entitled to know all of that? Mm. And there's some people who say yes, other people who say no.
0: I think, well, I mean, the everything, not just the mm. justice system, but everything is very lenient on the church and whatever it is that they do. So it mm. it is a, I don't know if I'd call it fun, but it's a debate. <laughs> 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 um, back to the jury. Jury, anyway, sure. yep, yep. If you... Get vibes from, you know, two in particular mm-hmm. jurors. Uh, do you have to develop a strategy around winning particular jurors over um, or or getting them to accept your case more than you believe that they are?
1: Yeah. So like runaway jury. That's a movie. Yes, yeah, it is. That, that's, <laughs> that's a movie, right? And, that's, and that deals with like, you know, paying off juries and stuff like that and how that kind of plays out. It's not like that. Yeah. Right. But there is... So, uh, with a jury pool, so you've got about 40 or 50 jurors. Yep. So, it's like every, you know, month, um, you know, people from the electoral roll called up for jury duty. And so, you there will be X number of trials that month.
0: Have you ever done jury duty?
1: I will not be allowed to do jury duty. So, I'll be exempt from doing jury duty. Were
0: you exempt while you're studying?
1: Uh, no. But no. highly likely that they wouldn't say... They'll challenge me being put on a jury right, and would say, we don't want you on a jury.
0: What's the chances of me getting called up for jury duty? Because I've kind of been expecting it for a while. <laughs>
1: it's potluck. So it's, the, so it's a, a lottery effectively on the electoral oh. roll. So the state, so everyone better be on the electoral roll, you know, got to vote. Yeah, um, It's a lottery based on that. So some people have been called up three, four times. Wow. Other people never.
0: That's very interesting because... I've, I've, I mean I've only heard bad things like people don't want to do it Really? Well, I would
1: love I would love, You'd to, love be, to do I'd it? love to be on a jury right yep I think that it'd, it'd be great. One just to sit on that side of the courtroom yeah um, but also I'm really fascinated to see what happens in that in that jury, room in that room right and to see whether or not it is a full OJ moment where you've got two people on on one corner of the bench saying, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. And whether or not everyone's trying to convince them or whether or not it's something else. Yeah, that would be
0: they'll be very like twelve Angry Men. You've seen Yeah. The, yeah. yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I loved that movie. That was one of the one of the great movies, that one. I, lo- did I actually it actually. Did it,
1: make, the, it didn't make it make the top five? No, it didn't make the it top five. It didn't make the top five. No, no. 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 So like insofar as reading, so you've got this you've got this jury pool, right? Yeah. And so then what will happen is the associate for the judge will have a box with all these little um, literally like a lottery, like ball number cards, and we'll call them out. So you're assigned a jury number, so you might be juror number 101, I might be jury number 220, just yep. this number off the on the list. So it'll be pulled out, and when that's pulled out, you'll then make your way to the jury box. Um, during that process, uh, the defendant has the option, or the right, to challenge that juror um, and he's got three challenges. The defendant, the punter, will rarely do that. It will be the solicitor or barrister representing them. Is this just visually? Uh, yes and no. So I'll get to that. I'll get to the, okay. t- the tactics behind it. Yeah. And so not only does the defense have that, but prosecution have the ability to challenge, okay. through, but only three times. So, And then in that course, you'll have these 12 jurors who will then be sit, and then they'll be in, in ch- the defendant's case will be uh, char- like in their charge. So, you know, the fate is in their hands type thing. Yeah. In so far as like challenging a juror, often what we will do as defense lawyers is you get given a list of names. So um, you'll be given a list and one of the first things that's discussed is if you know these jurors or you know this person or you know any of the witnesses involved in the case or the defendant or the judge or any of the lawyers, that those jurors, should recuse themselves. Okay. So, so they'll, they'll stand up and basically go to the judge and say I know Joe Blow and they will usually be um, excused okay. from that trial. Then what happens is they will get picked. In that course we will have their names but also their occupation. Yeah. The best um, indicator we'll have of their, the way that they're thinking or the way that they will deal with this matter will be their occupation. Okay. So, so if you if you've got if you're defending
0: someone who has allegedly assaulted a 35-year-old white female engineer. Yep. And one of these jurors is a 32-year-old white female engineer. Is that, are you looking at are you looking at challenging that?
1: Uh, maybe. I'd be more concerned about the 50-year-old white woman nurse. Okay. Um because anything that, any evidence that comes out in the trial about uh, medical, about any injuries or about, you know, the trip to the hospital and what was done, I know that she's going to be Miss Expert in the jury room. Yeah, She's going to tell them all about what happened to her and what that would have meant ah. and her, the pain, stuff like that. Now, is this
0: a lesson? Is this a lesson that you do in law school or is no. this...
1: No, this this is on-the-job training. Wow. That's what, that's what this is. Um, I try to stay away from teachers mm-hmm. not because I've got anything against teachers but they have and you might know you might have friends who are teachers but they have a pension of controlling the room mm. um, and that's just because what they've learned. you yeah. know you've got a bunch of little ratty kids running around it's their job is effectively to corral the group and get them on track the last thing I want is someone in the jury room controlling the other 11 people but you do you don't think you need a leader in there? So there will always be a foreperson who will, is the one that speaks on behalf of the juror. Uh-huh. But I don't want necessarily any one person influencing the yeah. rest. Yeah. I want 12 individual thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I want them all to kind of, if they're going to come to the same conclusion, that's fine. But I don't want one person or two people running that ship. Yeah, And you know making the nervous uh, uni student girl or boy feel like, oh, well, everyone else is doing it. I better join in. Right. Right. So there's, so in challenging, um, but you're right, there might be an age issue. Um, there might be an ethnicity issue, um, that all of these things that we will go, um, will challenge being that we don't think it will necessarily help. But again, that's about as much as we can influence.
0: Right. But do you, when you're, you know, delivering your evidence, right. yep. You're speaking to the bench. Do you do you see some, like you see someone roll their eyes?
1: If if a jury if they look bored, yeah, or there looks like they aren't um, engaging or or disbelieving kind of what's being put. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some tactics that we we can use. So one of the example is if prosecution are droning on about something very specific and it's very mundane and the jury is looking lost one of the things they can do is you can speak louder, really capture the room, direct, you know, when the witness is answering a question, kind of repeating and looking at the jury, you know, really making sure that your topics are being understood. Mm-hmm. Um, by looking at the jury, you're emphasizing the point that's being put across, um, but also not only that, you can gauge as to whether or not, one, they believe you. Yeah. Uh, but also, too, whether or not you need to take it slower like take the witness through that last piece of evidence to really hammer home that issue. Right. So there are certain things, but we're talking like the upper echelon of advocacy. Like the people who do this and do it well are, you know, your top top dogs. Right. Us, us grunts down here, nowhere near.
0: How, mu- how much does charisma, attractiveness come into play? Basic psychology. I see... And I don't mean to be rude, but I do. I see a ten speaking and a six speaking. I just want to hear what the ten's got to say.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Look, uh, it doesn't. Um, I think let. Now you would know. You've got you've got friends, and some people can spin a yarn. Some yep. People can tell a story. Yes. Right. Some people are they're like, what I call storytellers, often come across uh, better and more captivating to a jury. Right. I mean, jurors are just people from everyday life.
0: And that's what it is. And you're the, you're the narrator, the actor, the producer, the editor, the writer of this story yep. that you perform in front of this
1: jury. Yeah. The problem is I've got an editor, a real grumpy editor, sitting on the bench mm-hmm. who might just say, Yep, that was all very flowery and all very lovely and super charismatic, but he is so wrong. And these are the reasons why he's wrong. And I'm just going to condense The judge says this. Not so much, not in so simple words, but effectively the judge's role is to uh, summarise the cases. So if we've got a jury, so Clay will get up and address for the prosecution mm-hmm. and say, you've heard all the evidence, it's A, B, C, D, these are the reasons why you're going to say the person's guilty. Yeah. Sit down. Defence get up and say, ladies and gentlemen, that's bollocks, here's A, B, C, D, these are the reasons why you're going to acquit the person. Yeah. Right. The judge's role is then to summarize the two arguments. They Mm. rarely will do that with any kind of flavor, and it will be quite a clinical role. The judge's role in trials is to tell the jury about law, right? So like um, reasonable doubt, the judge will say, this is what reasonable doubt means. Self-defense, this is what the law of self-defense says. Um, things of that nature, yeah. In- intoxication, things like that. So it's not for the lawyers to say that to the jury. The judge will direct them.
0: Does the judge have any two cents
1: to that he says to the the no. jury? No. no. So the judge's role is effectively to summarise the cases. So when I say, um, no matter how flowery and charismatic you may be, if you, it's be like you can't polish shit. Yeah. Right. So if your case is shit, well, the judge is going to make quick work of that and basically say you know a b c these are the reasons that the defense are relying on moving on
0: if the judge has no input in the outcome what is the what is the all rise the guys were in a robe and a wig uh your honor your lordship wherever whatever yep. Is that all just to create a normative experience for everybody in the room? Or what, no, what no, is the theatre behind that?
1: It's all it's all stemmed in tradition. I mean, the, the judge is the chief legal officer within the body of the court. So, any questions of law, you're asking the judge. Um, you're arguing with the judge. The jury for a jury trial. So, you can have two types of trials. One before just the judge. One before a jury and a judge. All right. So, um you as a defendant will elect to have it before either 12 members of your peers Mm -hmm. or just a judge by themselves. Um, You would have it just before a judge if it was just a question of law um, or you don't want this importing of prejudice from lay people, Yeah. right? So like um, certain, and I say this because there's always, it depends on the case, but like child sex offenses, um, having that before a jury inherently will import prejudice and um, against the accused. Yeah. Right? Just because of the nature. Of just because of the nature of it. Whether or not the person's guilty, that's just one of those things. You see it, the person charged with that type of offence and immediately you're pushing it uphill. Right?
0: And so do you do you say that if you've got a child sex offender well so, alleged, do you say I recommend we don't import a jury?
1: So I'll say to a client uh, we'll go through the evidence and say Look, we're heading towards trial, and it's their it's their choice. So everything I do is about m- this is my advice, but I can't make the decision for you. Yeah, it's your decision. Uh, if you decide to do this, I'm happy with that. We can run that. You can d- if you want to do you know option B, we can do that as well. It's you know it's my job to do effectively go where you choose to go, um, and do the best I can. But obviously I'll import my advice and say this is. The best course of action for this type of circumstance in my experience yeah so the lordship your honor you know or rise etc is part of the um process steeped in tradition of um the nature of you know court proceedings um that is the chief Judi- uh, judicial officer all the bowing is not ne- actually necessarily to the judge mm-hmm. um, it's actually to you know the crest the you know the, oh, right. the, the emblem Behind the judge, yeah, um, and again, but again, traditions, you know, waning at the moment. I mean, there are matters where we're not wearing wigs anymore, um, and there will become a time where they may do away with robes, and so it's just going a suit. Yeah, going a suit, and
0: yep. then eventually chinos and Chuck Taylors. And they, if only <laughs> that'd be the day. Yeah. Um, well, that is all very, very interesting, yep. and I think I definitely got what I wanted out of that. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it,
1: very it, it's look it's it's a huge area. I think more people in a good way should engage with the legal system, not in a bad way. Don't yeah. don't go out committing murders or yeah. anything. Um, but the more you understand about the process, the more you can understand, um, about um what has been displayed in the media about those processes. You know, a lot of people get in uproar about suppression, and you know you'll see in the media probably tomorrow about this. Court efficiency, you know, things progressing slowly through the courts and magistrates yelling at police, prosecutors, and things like this. But the more you learn about the processes and why it's important, um, is is important for the general public because at the end of the day, some punter is being accused of something serious and has their liberties effectively stifled mm-hmm. while that process happens. Right. So if you're going to lock a person up on bail. Having been accused of some, uh, sorry, locked someone up in jail, not on bail, um, being accused of an offence, um, for like eighteen months. Um, in my view, you better be damn sure you've got enough evidence to support that. Um, in the interim, at least, uh, heading towards trial. Right. So, in that interim, they haven't,
0: they haven't pled guilty or not guilty. They no, just, they no. could just be. Yeah, their liberties are just stifled for 18 months while we wait to go to trial.
1: Yeah, is is the question. Have people been locked up in jail for significant periods of time and ultimately a case is dismissed or they've been acquitted? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, all all the the time. time. Right. Yeah. Uh, Well, do you have a charity that you support
0: or would like to support?
1: Oh, jeez, on the spot. Anything to do with the Legal Services Commission, Legal Aid... Or um, like Justice Net, they do really good work by providing free legal advice. Um, anything to do with ALRM, which is our um, Aboriginal Legal Rights mu- Movement. Um, they're all, I think, they're just under under supported, understaffed, underfunded, and they do such good work um, for all those charities, like all, all punters who can't afford legal representation.
0: Okay, well, we're gonna play a game: sourced, unsourced, <laughs> right. It's true or false. True, true, true. or false. Right. Um, you get three out of five. Fifty dollars goes to one of these. Um, oh, okay. Organizations. Yep. Sure. I have made these all law movie based. These five questions oh, here we go. or statements. So you've just got to say whether they are sourced or unsourced. Right. So number one, the Lincoln lawyer, is about a lawyer named Lincoln. Sourced or unsourced? So,
1: unsourced is false. Yes. Unsourced. Correct. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It is a lawyer who practices law out of his Lincoln car. Yep. yep. Represents a bunch of bikies and a whole bunch of stuff. Great movie. Matthew McConaughey. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. movie.
0: Aaron Brockovich is based on a true story. Sourced. Yes. Two for two. A Few Good Men is based on an Air Force lawyer...
1: Ooh. Unsourced, he's in the Navy.
0: Unsourced is correct.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: he's with, a Marine. He's more, God, I believe that's... in oh, that, that. That's a Navy. Oh yeah, that's isn't, Navy. Yeah, it, yeah. Marine. <laughs> Marine. What am I talking about? <laughs> it's all unsourced here at the Welcome to the Party Podcast. Alright, three, that's three for three. So $50. Goes well. Yes. We'll, we'll do the we'll last I'll two forget. questions. Yeah, do it anyway. We'll do it anyway. We'll knock him out. No. Um, 12 Angry Men. Oh shit. Yeah. Um is about uh, we've already talked about it, yeah, so this jury. should be easy. Um is about a a jury who are forced to question their own morals and values. Sourced. Sourced. And To Kill a Mockingbird. Great. Great book. Better movie. I haven't seen the book. I mean <laughs> I haven't read the book. I have seen the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um To Kill a Mockingbird yeah. won three Oscars.
1: Oh shit so gregory peck did for leading actor okay um i'm just gonna say sourced sourced five yeah. for five five from five no um, small movies. i'm glad
0: we didn't do any doubles or nothing but um, fifty dollars to yeah one of but, those
1: yeah I'll send you, a, I'll, I'll find one, yeah. find one of those. Yeah, no problem. Oh, legend. So, um, no, I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah,
0: awesome. Well, thanks for coming and no, taking it, the time to uh, give me my law degree. <laughs> 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 Jason, that was quick. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Took way shorter than mine. Um, to... Quick learner. No, I appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Bust it. Ayo, hey, I just left the studio. And it's about two in the morning. I just finished doing a song. Now I'm ready for sleep. First, I want spaghetti to eat. And it's a good Italian restaurant right up the street. So I jumped in a Jeep, stashed the heat under the seat. Then I got a beat. My voice and sauce barely could speak. I called back on the cell was Cody, mad as hell. He told me to listen well as he started to yell.
0: But I tell you, I only bring guests when when uh it's gonna be quality shit. And it was quality shit, man. So um thank you, James, for the wonderful insight. Uh the you know, Um, shit. What do we talk about? Morality. We talked about reasoning. Uh, we talked about the theater of law. We talked about, um, being rational human beings, loopholes, bending the law, ego, or everything. Things that you motherfuckers wouldn't have thought to us, but I did. And that's why you listen to the Welcome to the Party podcast, but I love you and I've got a PhD in podcasts, so i got to teach you how to do it right. Now, um... Thank you for listening. Thank you Je- thank you again, James. And um, look, I know Christmas is coming up and you guys are going to be like, oh, shit, I wonder if Clay's going to release a podcast. Yes, of course I am. I- we don't miss episodes here at the Welcome to the Potty podcast. Um, b- but please just make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. If you haven't already, please make sure you rate and review the show five stars. It does wonders for my ego. It does wonders for my ratings. Please do that. Um uh, make sure you check out, uh, Clay in the Kitchen on YouTube, um, shit, you know where to find us, welcome to the potty on Instagram, welcome potty on Twitter, welcome to the party on Facebook, welcome to the party at gmail.com if you want to send us any questions, comments, concerns, listen to this fuck shit, poor past of the week, you know what it is, you know where we're at, um, and man, it's Christmas again, shit. Um, well, I want to say Merry Christmas now because I'm going to be back this weekend. We might have another special guest and uh, I'll be back on Christmas and shit, you know, we you know what it is, family. I love you guys. And as always, as fucking always, bong to <laughs> Ooh.